Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and women, 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 women. I'm Alicia Herder. And I'm Tara, 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 Tara. Kick. <laughs> Forgot my last name. You don't need a last name. Not here. Here you're safe. Here, yeah. It's like sh- I, I get to be Cher. I get to be Prince. Oh, yes. Or you get to be the artist formerly known as Prince. Do I just have like a demonic sigil as my name? Ooh, we call her. We call her. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. I wonder how you would put that as your Instagram handle. It's like a lot of um, umlauts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of like those um, A's with like the little squiggles on top. Mm -hmm. A bitmoji, just to top it all off. (laughs) Yeah, and the dollar signs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode... The Mysteries of Enochian Magic. What is it? How did it come to be? Mostly, what is it? That's what we're figuring out today. And what kind of pasta are you going to cook it in? Oh, sorry. That's gnocchi magic. Oh, gnocchi. recently is sometimes the italian americans call them knockies oh so is it and, so, and i'm like i'm over here going gnocchi yeah i heard it was like a weird g that gets stuck in your throat but some people say knocky like knockers we're gonna go put we're gonna go cook some knockies and and mima sauce i don't think they say mima that sounds like it's from west virginia yeah no <laughs> different place not quite italy baby how are you dude i'm vibing I'm like feeling the shift. Everything's coming up, Alicia, as it should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's raining in L.A., so we're a whole vibe over here. You don't got no, nowhere to be. I got nowhere to be. I'm inside. Oh, no, I was supposed to go to Ross today. Oh, <gasps> rest in peace. Apparently, there's like a 49 cent sale. What do you mean? At Ross. Like, they'll just put things as 49 cents. I wasn't going to go out. I can see the Ross from my apartment. It's raining. I'm not going out. Oh, it's dangerous. It's treacherous. I'd get wet and I'd melt because I'm a witch. But how are you doing? I'm excellent. As I said before we started recording, I'm so tired. I, this was 10 to 12 hours of research. This this episode, Baby Witches, if anything has been a, a Christmas gift to you uh, a month late, then um, this is it. You're so welcome. But I'm really good. Um, I'm dry. I know you're wet. I'm very dry. Oh, what does that mean? Do you need to moisturize? I actually bought recently like um, brand new hyper hydrating moisturizer. Mm. I'm putting oil in my hair, like coconut oil, because my body is so dry. Are you drinking enough water? Look at my karopi. Oh my goodness. This is my second one. Wow. I'm putting, what, what is it, the Jergens, like old people cream on my feet. I mean, you got to... Keep your toes nice and smooth. But yeah, this is true for all my toe magic I'm doing. Ooh. But I am I feel like I'm my forty days in the desert looking for Israel. That's what I kind of feel like I'm doing right now. And you're parched. So thirsty. Oh my gosh. I hate that for you. Winter. What a wild time. I know. I literally looked up, I was like, Do I have diabetes? Because you're that thirsty. But I don't. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. Medically diagnosed, do not have diabetes. Self-diagnosed. Perfectly healthy. (laughs) And you know what else is perfectly healthy? Tell me. Our fucking Patreon. So we wanted to welcome our most recent Patreon members, Luna Fay and Megan Brink. If you want a Patreon shout out on the show, go to our show notes and click on the Patreon link. It's that simple. $5 Patreon, which is an above, get access to over 100 extra episodes and the hours and hours of just boogaloo nasty secret content we make over there just like the goopy the goopy doopy and snoopy things that we are doing it's a great time over there i would 100 percent recommend it it has my vote my stamp of approval i would 100 percent recommend giving me a third of five dollars <laughs> once a month what does that mean is that like 
a dollar fifty or some shit. Is that what a third of five dollars is? Is it more than I, that? The evident via the content that is about to come about this topic, uh, will let you know that I'm not good at math at all. <laughs> Don't be asking me to cut things into thirds. And our Patreon is so fun. Like last week, we had an episode about the horrors of laugh in the dark. And you think you know what that means, but you have no idea what that means. It was a wild episode. And next week, we're just going to keep the giggles going. And we have a very scary Valentine's Day special. Talking about some honk honk kind of clowning around shit. I don't like this at all. No. It's probably... The antithesis to Valentine's Day. Would you say clowns? <laughs> yeah. Like there are like love hotels and then there are clown places. They said they don't even let them go into hotels. <laughs> they stuff them in cars. You sleep in your car in the parking lot, you fucking clown. The dexterity of a clown and to be able to like fit your mm-hmm. whole family and all of your friends into one car. If anyone should be teaching yoga, it's probably Bozo because he can shavasana. Straight up and down the the Midwestern coast. There's no coast in the Midwest. What? I couldn't think of a geography. <laughs> She's parched, you guys. This so woman dry. hasn't had a drink. It's a real dry January for you. Close the porn. Because you're here with us. And we're going to talk about the anti-porn. Enochian magic. I don't know. It's complex enough that maybe it is the anti-porn. Porn is very yeah. simple when you relate it to Enochian magic. Yes, yes. So um, let's get into it. Coming into this, did you have any ideas of what this was going to be about? I, Minus, hopefully about Nakis. I had no idea, and I was like, I don't even know what this word means. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even wrap my head around this. Mm-hmm. But I had heard it before, and so I think it took some of the research for it to, like, come back. But... Honestly, this was so complex. I had to stop doing the research and have Tara take over. It was way too much for me. She was busy. She had things to do. So, I had things to do, but it was, it's very confusing. It is. It's very intimidating. I'm, I'm not having a good time, but <laughs> the rest of you will. So in the beginning, there were two dudes with giant beards, and it was great. Ooh. Ow, ow. John D. and Edward Kelly. Ow, ew, ew. What's no. in there? No, I feel like back in the day, like, you wanted a guy with a beard. Or else you were basically a pedophile. Because I feel like back then they grew beards at, like, 12. Because you're dead by 30. Uh, yeah. Short and sweet, though. John D. and Edward Kelly were the two original creators of Enochian magic, an angelic occult practice that dates back to the Renaissance era. Similar to our episode on Aradia, the Gospel of Witches, much of Enochian magic's relevance and popularity would not blossom until centuries after the unfortunate deaths of their creators. And if you were to bring back Dee and Edward Kelly to the future and show them where Enochian is today, they would probably say, like, what the fuck is all of this? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Oh no! Metal dragons in the streets! Ha! How dare this sea wench speak to me? (laughs) Why are her teeth so straight and also present in her mouth? John Dee was born July 13th, 1527 in Tower Ward, England. So he is a cancer. Much like England is about to be as it spreads across the globe. (laughs) His Wikipedia page is full of name drops. It's like he studied with Gemma Frisius and Federico Comandino. He was friends with Girolamo Cardano and Abraham Ortelius. And I was like, wow. I don't know any of these fucking idiots. (laughs) And that's because all these guys are mathletes. Like, they're mathematicians, they're polymaths, they're cartographers, which is just like a mathematician with a vacation. And the thing about this time period is that while Alicia and I's families were probably busy being peasants and getting cowpox, the mathematicians were busy trying to master alchemy. The mathematicians were the occult people of the time, meaning, like, mathematicians are low-key the court-sanctioned witches, Because this is peak witchcraft trial era in Europe, 1500s. And this mathlete magic is about to be huge in Enochian magic. So buckle up. Do you feel like, does this make us not witches? The fact that we can't add simple addition. Does that strip the title from us? 
No, no. I feel like, okay, there's math, mm-hmm. and then it's like there's book smarts and there's street smarts, right? You could put John D in, uh, in Soho. That kid's getting mugged immediately, right? Put me in Soho. I don't keep my fucking head down. <laughs> You've got a knife. <laughs> I've got a knife and a phone. I'm mm-hmm. going to record you, put you on the internet, and shame you in front of your mommy. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think math is necessary. Do you? How much math are you doing in your witchcraft? I do no math. I mean, I feel like there's all the math. You got to sprinkle salt. That's a little salt. You got to put your tarot cards in some kind of figure. I do a one, two, three, four, five across. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else do I do? You've got to turn counterclockwise eight times and say the Lord's name in vain. And all hail Aradia, but who is Aradia? It's just, it's crazy over here. Okay, yeah. So I wonder if it's like witches are good at geometry and they're not good at algebra. Like kind of like that. I know left brain, right brain stuff doesn't exist, but things that exist in the world, like sprinkling the salt, mm-hmm. like that exists in the world in the way that like the seven grids of Enochian moon kings don't exist in the world. You know? That's true. It's the new Enochian. So D is well-educated by the standards of the time. He holds a bachelor's degree, and he lives like this whole life before he meets angels, right? He has some wives. He has some kiddos. He writes some books. It's claimed that he has the largest library in Europe at the time with a special interest in occult literature. So this guy's like deep in the sauce, right? He's deep in the knockies. At one point, he gets called in for questioning because he pulls a horoscope for Queen Mary, the bloody one, and her daughter Elizabeth and is nearly charged with the capital crime of, quote, calculating. And this dude gets up and exonerates himself. Men. Men. He spends some time searching for a magical stone with some buddies in his 30s, and then investigates the theoretical concept of the perpetual motion machine, which my high school boyfriend was also really into before he got into, like, poop science. Wait, was he trying to find, like, King Arthur's stone? What? I don't know. They don't talk about which magical stone it is. Oh, interesting. Some sorcerer stone shit. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I would imagine, like, most all stones are magical, but maybe there was, like, a particularly magical stone. Hmm. But something happens to John Dee. Something that also happens to millions upon billions of people every year. To this day, John Dee goes through his midlife crisis. So he's, like, 15. <laughs> Yeah, okay. He's actually 50, but he's a special case. Yeah, no, he's like, he's 22, um, him and his 10 wives. No, so he's in his 50s. He goes through his midlife crisis, and he is discontent, mainly professionally and spiritually, but Dee is nothing if not a seeker, right? He's got all these books, Mm -hmm. and he wants to know the secrets of the universe. He wants proof of God, and it's not just a want. It's like a need. And the ghost of Muppet's Christmas present in 1582, the universe says... Come in and know me better, man. And that man comes in the form of Edward Kelly. Ooh. So split screen, Edward Kelly is a hot, young 27. Or maybe an ancient. Bearded. <laughs> ancient, bearded 27. When he meets midlife crisis John D. Because Eddie is born August 1st, 1555. And he is this boy. This boy. He is a Leo if I have ever met one. It could only take the world's most confident man to do what he does and get away with it. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. So there's not a ton about his early life. He's got a brother and a sister. He studies at Oxford, and um, he gets up into crimes. Oh, he's like a Danny Ocean type. He is pilloried in Lancaster for forgery, which will come up later, which means that he's literally that guy that everyone throws tomatoes at in the public square whenever like a period piece movie really wants you to know that you are in the Middle Ages right now. (laughs) And fun fact, Edward Kelly literally got drunk, like so drunk one night that he murdered someone and he got away with it, but just wanted to throw that in there. Just a little fun fact of Edward Kelly, of our little friend Eddie. I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Who hasn't uh, gotten drunk and murdered? It just once. Just one dude. Just one dude. There's like a jillion dudes. Actually, there's not a jillion dudes right now. What does that mean? There's a kajillion? No, I'm just saying that like. Oh, back in the day. Pre-penicillin. pre, pre uh, There just weren't a lot of dudes. There's about 100 dudes. And now there's 99. So John D. and Edward Kelly, they meet up. Because John D. gets it in his ass 
that if God is not going to answer his prayers, he's going to skip the voicemail box and go straight to the angels. Okay. And the way to do this is through a medium, namely a scryer. So just a quick sidebar on scrying. Scrying specifically requires a conduit to see something, right? So this is not tarot cards. This is not like psychic medium Helen Duncan vomiting up a Fruit of the Loom (laughs) t-shirt. Scryers look into things and see images from which they divine shit like prophecies, messages from the afterlife, or gain inspiration. And scryers, they can look into a lot of stuff. They can look into crystal balls, flames, pools of water. And in the modern era, they'll do like static TV or like blank cell phone screens. Spooky. Like that black obsidian, black mirror shit. But Eddie vastly preferred scrying into mirrors, which is like very evil queen, poison apple, who's the fairest one of all energy, which I love. I love it. And he's like, I am. I'm the hottest man here. I killed a man. Eyebrows snatched. That beard braided. Yeah. It's me. And from this union is born Enochian magic. And I just want to upfront thank Dr. Justin Sledge from Esoterica, who Alicia and I both watched some of his videos. Um, And he has so many videos on Enochian magic and other occult stuff. And upfront, he's kind of like, I like barely understand this shit (laughs) because most people barely understand this shit. Because Enochian magic, we're going to get into it, was never truly finished by Dee and Kelly. Even when it seems like they're done with a section of it, Dee will come back and edit or write in the margins of a page, or Kelly will get a random revelation from an angel like months later, which changes, like totally, like switches up all of the meanings of the cipher. And as we're going through this, I want you guys to know that so much of this system is influenced by Solomon, medieval magic, Renaissance magic, Western astrology, Kabbalah, Christian mysticism, Dee's interest in mathematics and ciphers and the socio-political conventions of the 1500s, which is a lot to add on to also angels, right? (laughs) Because one of the expressed interests of Dee was to unify all forms of magic under one system. Kind of like all these systems have a piece of the puzzle. I just have to put them together in the right order. And what do Eddie and Dee do with this? Um, You guys are going to find out. It gets buck wild. Okay. Dee and Eddie have joined forces. But before they can even begin, Dee believes that they have to purify themselves. So they both undergo a series of praying and fasting. And not like the cute little fasting that I do every day, you know, the 16 hours, eight hour thing. Mm -mm. Theirs were days without food. They are starving themselves. These poor boys. Praying, starving, focusing on discovering the deeper truths of the universe and perhaps the most magical truth of all, what happens when we die. Because they're going through so much rigorous mental and physical process before they even begin it's almost not surprising that when they start their invocation sessions they both believe they were talking to angels they're starving (laughs) themselves and just obsessively praying about the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. if these angels did not appear they'd be ruined yeah yeah yeah, something had to happen since eddie was allegedly the scryer he was able to communicate with different angels and John D would write everything down. So together they came up with the Enochian language and script. They didn't write the words down in plain English, of course. They had to make it as mystical and mysterious as possible. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you just add a little bit of flair, a little flick of the pen? It's like, why make it easy? We're doing all this work. If anyone's going to read our books, we may as well make it difficult for them to do. They got to put in some effort. Make it repulsive. Lots of grids. Put some Sudokus in there. Oh, some math shit. They're like, other people hate math shit, so they're not even going to fuck with this. And before we go any further, let's look at the word Enoch. Enoch is a Jewish name that means dedicated, trained, disciplined. So already Dee and Eddie are setting up a language that, yes, can be understood, but you're going to have to jump through the fucking hoops to figure it out. And... To their credit, like Tara said, they did write it all down, but they also revised and edited and who knows what they actually meant. And it's incomplete. So how are we supposed to figure this out? I don't know. Enoch came from the book of Enoch, which was an apocalyptic Hebrew text written by Enoch himself, who was believed to be the great grandfather of Moses. I love this little like origin story sprinkled in. 
The Book of Anok was believed to include stories of the origins of demons, why some angels fall from heaven and not others, an explanation of why the Genesis flood was morally necessary, and a prophecy about the Messiah. It was excluded from a lot of Jewish and Christian texts because it was believed to not uphold what was written in the Torah or the Old Testament, even though Enoch's name is sprinkled throughout the pages of both of those. It was Dee's belief that Enoch was the last man who knew how to talk to angels. I mean, before Dee and Eddie, that is, because, you know, they came in and they learned how to do it, (laughs) which is why they called their angelic language the Enochian language. And just like another random fun fact... Enoch is one of the few biblical characters who is said to have lived for 365 years. Weird that we have 365 days in a year and he lived for 365 years. But that aside, and Enoch walked with God. And when God took him, they actually mean by that is Enoch is said to have entered heaven alive and that he never actually died. And so he's one of the very few characters in the Bible who enters heaven alive. And they referenced uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, which I had watched recently, because one of the characters, Reepicheep, who's this cute little rat who, like, sword fights and shit, enters Aslan's realm alive, but, like, making the jump to go to heaven. Like, he didn't have to die to go there. Very weird. Oh, my God. But so in in the Muppet verse of the Bible, Enoch is played by Rizzo the Rat, and he just walks in. <laughs> walking. He's like party time, bitches. Gonzo is Jesus, and this struck me like mostly as strange and mysterious, since they even say Jesus died. So like, people die and go to heaven. They don't just like waltz in like this guy. And I'm curious if this aligns with Enochian magic at all, or if it's purely. A fun fact. It might purely be a fun fact. Yeah, I think it definitely has to do with like the element of time and, and ancientness and like language. Like I think it is interesting to be like the last person to speak this language. And we'll get into like the power of words, but like that words do have power and can gift you special abilities. But anyways, let's get back to Enochian magic. The broad idea of Enochian magic was for Dee and Eddie to invoke the angels, communicate with them, and then harness their angelic energies and wisdom for transformative and practical purposes. Mostly, how am I going to turn this shit into gold? That All that alchemy. That's really what they want, you know? And how do I live forever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also another important one. During one session, a Sunday, April 29th, 1582, Dee and Eddie speak to the angel Michael because he's always the most accessible one. I don't know why. He's just available. He answers the phone. And Michael tells them the basic system of how this is all done. It's a series of seven by seven grids with letters arrayed in the shape of a cross. And so they're like, okay, this session went really well. Let's do it again. And then they talk to the angel Uriel. I guess Michael was busy. I don't know what he was doing that day. (laughs) Who helps them extract the names of 49 spiritual kings and princes that work and rule under God. And they arrange those names in a circle. And these angelic beings rotate, and they are represented by a specific day of the week and a ruling planet, sort of like our zodiac system that we know and love. These beings rotate in the cosmic eons. Dianetti believe that during their time, the kings and princes are those ruling over Venus, Benaspo and Bliston. Each prince is given command over 42 angels, you know, like a whole angelic army which are divided into six groups of seven angels who are given control over the hours of the day and the night, you know, because they have to take shifts. The other angels who aren't working are basically military backup. They've got their Uzis. They're ready. I'm already dying. (laughs) Me too. Don't ask. Okay. I'm going to break it down a little bit further, but don't ask me any more complicated questions. (laughs) We have seven kings, seven princes, 35 governors. Where did these governors come from? This is the first time I've even heard about the governors. And have they been elected? I don't know. Probably not. It's a rigged system. And 294 angels at a time. The 294 angels are those who are closest to Earth. And these are who at D and Eddie have the easiest chance of accessing. Those are the ones who answer the phone. The governors do not answer the phone. You have the secretary answer the phone. And the secretary is... The archangel, Michael, 
and his skimpy little wardrobe. We love him. And his acrylics and his gum. Exactly. His, uh, his orbits. Mm-hmm. He's like, hi, God speaking. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you. So we know a few of these angels, right? Michael, Uriel, all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But that <laughs> leaves us with like 290 other angels that just don't have names. And this is what Dee and Eddie are into. Through their Enochian script, they want to commune with the angels and try to write down the different names of the different angels, all 294, and what these angels do. Because they can't all just be answering the phone. they got to be in charge of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's got to be the gardening angel, the angel that takes out the trash, the angel that picks out the trash, Mm -hmm. the angel that's going to go to the grocery store, the angel that's going to fight because they went to the grocery store last time and they want to go again. It's raining. And then they they all join the military. (laughs) Yes. So when it's the Great War, they are there and they're ready. We just recruit everyone. They're all in the Marines. It's wild, dude. Okay, let's see if you can make any more sense of a Nokian magic going forward. Good luck. Okay. All right. Baby witches. I'm sorry. So this ends up being the framework for the Hepatarchia Mystica. All right. What's that? <laughs> it's the first major text for Enochian magic. So this hierarchy of names that Alicia was talking about that shifts and rotates to illustrate the hierarchy and mechanisms of angels that influence the world. And all of their names start with the letter B. Okay. What? We've got Betsy, we've got Betty, we've got Boobala, mm-hmm. we've got Boo, we've got B, we've got Barbara, we've got Barbie, we've got Barb. We got Bjork. Bjork. And Bork. And Bork. And Blue. And Boobafana. And Blue's Clues. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's a girl, little known fact. <laughs> There's some speculation as to why D is obsessed with the letter B. One reason I've seen is the importance of the letter B or Beth in the Kabbalah, or that the first letter in the Torah is the letter B, Balashit. Hmm. So here's examples of some B names. So remember, each, each, each planet, each minute, each time of day has an angel. So the angel of the sun, the king is Bobogel, who's the king of wisdom and science. Mars has king Babalel, which is the king of water and battle. Jupiter has king Vinapur, who's the king of all living things. Mercury has king Banaspol, who's the king of earth and its continents. Saturn has king Banapsin, who's the king of casting out wicked spirits. And then the moon has my favorite king, Bumaza, who's the king of kings on earth. Okay, all of these sound made up. You don't like Boba Joe? You don't I like Boba I don't like Banapsin. You don't like Boba Fett? <laughs> because you go from Banaspol to Banaspin at... Come on. Fair, 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 fair. We're just playing now. And Dee and Kelly, they write all this shit down. They're sweating. They are so hungry, probably. Mm-hmm. And they're like, great. We solved the mystery to creation. And the angels are like, no, 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 no. This is just the roll call. This is your yellow pages, right? These are the guys you can call to find out the mystery. Now it's time for the real work. And the real work is the creation of a magical temple. Oh, my gosh. Now, baby witches. When I say magical temple, what do you think of? Alicia, what do you think of? Magical temple. Um, beautiful architecture, large magic. Mm-hmm. Torches, maybe. Torches. Torches, a patio. Oh, a patio. Mm-hmm. Steps. And probably a cemetery somewhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. In, you know, in the temple. Now, when Dee heard temple, maybe he too thought something cool as hell like that. Right. Yeah. But at the end of this, there will be no temple. There's not going to be a swimming pool, you stupid slut. There's not even going to be a house. We're going to be left with a table. A table? A table with a crystal ball on top. What is this woo-woo bullshit? Which is all to say that these old dead men are no better than you and me, baby witches, even with all these fucking books. Fucking crazy. So the angels reveal the blueprints for this magical temple slash table. The point of this temple is to, quote, reconcile and dignify the Magus. That's you, you silly little sorcerer. You're the Magus. (laughs) So that you can commune with, quote, the divine celestial world that has fallen into sinful disrepair. So I imagine it's like a shortcut for, like, all this starving and purification that Dee and Kelly are still doing through all of this. 
Oh my gosh. They must be so out of their mind. Yeah, gaunt, pale. Their beard's probably falling out. Yeah, poor boys. Initially, there are alleged false tables that are revealed to our naughty boys by demons, which answers one of our Patreon questions from Eli, who asked, Enochian magic is traditionally used for angels, but can it be used for conjuring other spiritual beings like demons, elementals, and fae? And the answer is yes. Demons and other kinds of entities do show up in these diaries, as well as different hierarchies of angels. However, it does seem like everything Dee and Kelly, like these OG Enochian magic people, contact all exist within the Abrahamic traditions, but there are contemporary practitioners of Enochian magic. We're only talking about like the historical origins today, but there are lots of writings like post-Order of the Golden Dawn that you can draw from. I like that there's these fake tables. I know. (laughs) And there's like all of these fake tablets and like... It's like, nah, this is Ikea, bitch. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's all particle board. Oh, man. It's tough being a Renaissance man. So the angel Michael reveals to them this symbol called the Sigillium de Ahmet, which is that Hebrew word for truth that showed up in our golem episode. If you remember, you put Ahmet on the forehead or in the mouth, right? So get this. Michael does not do this through the scrying orb. He does this via show and tell by hiring 40 of his favorite angel buddies to flash in and out of our earthly plane, producing a letter above a number or a number above a letter and sometimes just a letter and sometimes just a number and sometimes the letters together. Like, stay lucid, stay with me. These angels, they're flashing all this shit. And then these 40 lettered numbers are combined again into a circle, just like before. Think like zodiac circle or clock. And then a divine name is revealed by rotating this circle back and forth like a combination lock, like you're in gym in eighth grade, <laughs> trying really hard to get your pants on before anyone looks at your panties. You rotate it clockwise, clowner, clowner. Clown. You rotate it clockwise, counterclockwise, which then gets you more names and letters. And that eventually produces the super secret name of God. Are you ready to know the super secret name of God? I am. I'm ready. Garlic dog. Ew. Gross. <laughs> Garlic dog. Garlic dog. Garlic hog. Garlic. What? Yeah. And then we both get like raptured. Taken. Yeah. <laughs> we say it three times. Yeah. 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 And it, and it invokes his presence and oh then he no. takes us to hell. So you learn the super secret name of God, Galathog, along with more fucking angels. These angels must be bored out of their fucking minds. I'm bored out of my fucking mind. Why are they wasting all this time talking to two crazies? Is it because they have beards? I don't think angels have beards. Do you think they're just like jealous? Oh, maybe. They're like, wow, look at these beautiful, sexy men with their long face hair. They're like, I want a beard. How do I get that? Tell me the secrets of the beard. And I'll tell you the secrets of the world. (laughs) Yeah, you give me your beard oil. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will allow you to create the apocalypse. Um, I kind of also wonder if, like, okay, who's the last person to talk to angels? Mary? Oh, well, good point. Like, are they, are they, like, so starved to, like, meet a new person? Maybe. I'm sure it's boring. They've just been, like, hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to us, 294 angels is a lot. But, like, if you were to, like, put that in a small town, that would be a really small town. Yeah. It's very true. They know everyone's gossip by now. Like, Lucifer's not doing mm-hmm. shit. He was the big disgrace, of course. But, you know, after a few thousand years, it's kind of old news. Yeah. And, like, it's like, how many times can you rehash the same old drama before you're going to start looking for some bearded boys? Mm-hmm. I mean, always on the hunt for some bearded boys. So, the, so there's more fucking angels. All right. So the, there's the heptarchic angels of the family of light. The daughters of light, the sons of light, the daughters of the daughters of light. And these don't all necessarily start with B. At least there's some women, finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah, bless. Dee and Kelly are about to make a really sharp right turn. And to be honest, I see why. Because as Alicia and I have said, I'm really done, like, learning about all of these angels' names. So as far as I can tell, there's these angels and these, like, royal family angels with ruling planets and 
and time and, and different angels. Like all of these are different angels. And mm-hmm. these daughters and cousins of light are the symbol that acts as the battery for this table, kind of, right? So this- You got to turn the table on. You got to turn the table on. So this like crazy, like concentric star interlocking patterns with the right and the left, that's what goes on the table and gives it its magic power. But the angels are not done. They're like an old lady who's like, this is my last chance to tell you all about my grandmother and that she was a lesbian before I die. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't want to know anymore. I don't care. Who are you? We're at the Ralphs. Michael, shut up. (laughs) So for years, these angels continue to produce grid after grid after cryptographic puzzle. And these books basically look like a pack of Sudoku that you're going to get at JFK because you forgot your phone charger. (laughs) So this is how I understand it. You build this, like, it's supposed to be a sweet-smelling wood table. It's three feet by three feet by three feet. It's basically a cube. At the bottom of each leg, you're going to put a small beeswax seal that depicts that uh, sigillium de Amet. On top, in the center, you carve the sigillium de Amet again, with all of these crisscrossing stars and super secret names of God. On top of that, you put your Wicked Witch-like crystal orb. Remember, we're scrying. And then all these kind of lesser cryptographic puzzles that come after the names of like the two billion angels and the kings and the governors and the cousins, these grids are reproduced on tin or gold or wax, and they're kind of moved around the table. Like if you were to do like a crystal grid to produce information and gang what are we trying to do beyond purifying and elevating the lowly human out of their sinful muck so that they can once again understand the structure of the universe and connect with a divine world espionage oh all right yeah there's a fucking spy kids angle to this i'm coming back because you got your kings and your princes and they're ruling over the days and the moments and the planets And then you got all these other sons and daughters of the cosmos. And apparently by combining the two, they will tell you which angel is the correct angel to contact to be able to see anywhere within God's creation. Okay. And so like the sort of, I don't know, childhood wonder of that would be to like know and investigate the rings of Saturn and to like, go to the far-reaching edges of the universe to, like, know the secrets that haven't been known. But because these two men are, like, I think partially English, part of it is being English, (laughs) another part of it is just being, like, an old middle-aged man, they're like, oh, I'm going to use this for, like, political gain, to, like, spy on people. They don't want to, like, take a safari? They could, like, see lions and giraffes in Kenya and shit. Yeah. They could see the penguins in Antarctica. They probably don't even know Antarctica exists. Like, do they even know the New World exists? Like, they could see, like, indigenous Americans. There's no way. What? No. Are they that mad about doing the Zodiac for (laughs) Queen Mary? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is is so silly. And it is one of the first silly things that they use this board, this table for. (laughs) All right. So that's their. That's their first book which is like all these names of angels then they write a second book called the libra loga so right off the bat to keep you from being bullied at parties alicia and i have been referring to this as enochian enochian the language and apparently the language of angels is not actually called enochian even though generally we refer to it as that it's actually referred to as angelical angelic or celestial language And Enochian is like the religion or the esoteric system that like grew up around the conversations in this language. So it's kind of like how the Torah isn't written in Jewish. It's written in Hebrew or in Mexico. They don't speak Mexican. They speak Spanish. Right. Mm -hmm. However, if you go up and talk to somebody and be like, oh, yeah, I'm like learning celestial language. They're going to think you're on some fucking D&D wizard shit. Right. Like nobody knows what you're fucking talking about. They're like, oh, yeah, in Skyrim. And I was like, no. With my maths. Okay, but people aren't going to understand if you walk up to them and you're saying, I'm learning a Nokian language. Yeah, they'll be like, the sauce? Like the stuff you put in the sauce? The pasta? So I would say Nokian is actually the best way to come across it. But if you get somebody that has like a little 
tissue up their butt, you know. Actually, it's like this. And it's like, well, get out of my party. If anyone does that to you, you kiss them on the lips and you walk away. It's the best retort. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just dropping some little witchy wisdom here. March 23rd, 1583, a year into these angelic conversations. And one million grids later, these naughty beardy boys are visited by the angel, Raphael. Oh, this is a new guy. Raphael delivers a series of sermons about the coming revelations of a medicinal liquor that has the amazing purification powers. Okay. The next day, Raphael appears to the boys, and he is carrying a book underneath his arm wrapped in blue silk. When Kelly asks him about it, it's revealed that this amazing medicinal liquor Raphael was talking about is this book. So the book is supposed to be made of 49 pages. Remember, we've got this whole like seven by seven thing going on. Made of gold and, quote, still wet blood. Ew. Which Raphael says contains something of like a Rosetta Stone of the angelic language, the secrets of creation, and the apocalypse. And this book is the Libra Loga. And if we could just sidebar about the importance of language in this cosmological worldview, if you're in the Abrahamic traditions, the world was not born from an egg. The world was not born from the incestuous coupling of brother and sister. <laughs> the Abrahamic God spoke the universe into existence. He like he was like, and moon and stars and peoples and winners and and uh, crunch wraps of dreams. Go go go! Right. So and funny. God damn it, you and Nokia and baby witches. If you could speak that same language, what in the world could you do? In this worldview, this would be the most important discovery of creation. Dude, if I had this, I would throw the most baller party. Oh, yeah. I would speak it into existence. I'd fucking have Pitbull there. Like, it'd be a time. <laughs> Pitbull, but then also you speak he's also a Pitbull. But he's also a Pitbull. He's like an actual dog. And he's like, I'm Mr. 305. Woof, woof. woof. And it would <laughs> be awesome. That's what I would do if I had unlimited power and resources. I love that. Thank you. You know what I don't love? Hmm. What Dee and Kelly end up doing with this immense knowledge. <laughs> of the beginning and the end of the universe? They're, they're wasting like, it, dude. Yeah. You know what they do? Which is actually, honestly, like probably like the most human response. I mean, actually might be what I would do, which is they start asking the angel about buried treasure. <laughs> like pirates? <laughs> Yeah, literally. Why don't they ask about easily accessible treasure? Why does it have to be mm -hmm. buried? Yeah, yeah. Treasure that's like maybe a short carriage ride away. Oh, these guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's the worst. The worst kind of geocaching. So the angels even scold them. They're like, what the hell? Like, I'm literally giving you the secrets that you've been asking for. And then the boys are like, literally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Also, can we have some doubloons? <laughs> like, I want to know about the doubloons. And this is not the last time they ask about, like, ridiculous stuff from the angels. So later on, they'd actually ask the angels if they could borrow some money so that they could rent a horse to go look for the doubloons. What? And, of course, the very infamous angelic wife swap, which we're going to get to. In oh, no. There are wives involved? There, this whole time, I know you were thinking that these guys were like bachelors. No, these poor boys. <laughs> I have was. Women that are, yeah, no, it's, there's somebody for everybody. Oh, no. Can I go turn on the light really quick? Yeah, you're, it's the really dark. dark. It's five o'clock. Did the sun go down? Yeah, it's gone. Wow. That's crazy. Whew. Dude, good job. You're doing great. Thanks. Is it making sense? Do you feel like it's making sense? No. I, I feel like it's not supposed to be making sense. Yeah. It's making sense for as much sense as it could make, if that makes sense. It does. Okay. In a, in a poetic kind of way. In a roundabout kind of way. So let's get to the contents of the Libra Loga. The alphabet is called Umpa. And the script goes through several iterations. And initially, the Libra Loga is first communicated through Raphael, by Raphael, pointing to, like, individual letters one by one to, like, spell out words. And then those words were supposed to be reversed. Kind of like, I don't know, like you're reading, like, a manga or something. Mm -hmm. And this takes so long that D, like, complains. Like, can we, like, pick up the pace? 
And Raphael, quote, storms out of the room never to be seen again. He's like, I try to give you this thing. You're looking for buried treasure. I try to give you this thing again, and you still ask me about the buried treasure. And now you're pissed at me about the way I'm giving you the thing. He's like, I'm wash my hands of this. Honestly, you can't blame him either. They're talking to two crazies. They, like, let them in too far, and now they just can't Mm -hmm. get rid of them. Yeah. And these boys are so hungry. Like, I just feel like somebody needs to get them some soup. Yeah. Dee and Eddie are like leeches. They're just like grabbing onto you and trying to take mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Starving, starving. Taking over for Raphael is a series of other angels, Gabrielle, Orith, and some newbies like Elementa and Nalvaj. Just these names. Very silly names. Baby witches. It's like, give me a Greg. <laughs> give me a Skip. Okay. The purpose of the Libra Loga for the angels, like from their perspective, is for it to be the final text imparted to the final prophets. So to them, Dee and Kelly are the final prophets, and that's going to bring about the apocalypse. And apparently, this process of like scrying the Libra Loga for Dee was super taxing on Kelly. So Dr. Justin Sledge quotes, peering into the scrying stone, such that a sword of flame would pierce into his head, causing him to sweat profusely and enter into an altered state of consciousness or trance in which he felt something moving inside of his head. Like his brain? Like his, like some creature. Ugh. Like moving and positioning itself. Like and a worm? 15, like a fucking worm. Ew. And it would take about 15 minutes and then it's like it would settle. Like it would find its like comfy spot. And then only after this like flaming sword trance state could he speak and read in Anakian can you imagine like you and I we die and we find out Mm -hmm. (laughs) this was all real (laughs) (laughs) and we're just like we knew it (laughs) Uh, I hate this okay it's like I don't want to reward the behavior but it could be. I don't know. It could be. It could be. Anything could be. Anything is and was and will be. So this is a marathon situation. This like flaming sword in the face brainworm situation. Uh, since Dee loved math and treasure, he had Kelly working day and night for 40 days in a row to scry. Then they would have 40 days to rest. And then they would have 40 days of rewriting the Libra Loca. Do you think then scrying again? Then yeah, what? I was gonna say, do you think D he must be funding Kelly's life, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna get into it. Oh, okay. I don't even know about this, but that's the only thing that makes sense is why this guy would enable this delusion so far. He must be getting something out of it. Yeah. Because also we're doing this for years. Yeah. Forty just forty days, resting for forty days and writing again for forty days, like I don't do math, but that's almost six months. Yeah. yeah. And they don't live that long. Crazy. Especially after this. <laughs> the book itself starts off with detailing the creation of the universe, the creation of the angels, and the fall of Lucifer. So then it's just a ton of grids that describe government, the creation of human beings, heavenly realms, the spirits of the earth, and a warning to all baby witches. <gasps> Dee and Kelly claim that the reading of these grids literally summons spirits. Oh, that doesn't sound like a warning. That sounds like a fun time. It's not an invitation. That's a prologue, baby. You're literally speaking creation into existence, and allegedly the table of page 19, when read aloud, summons spirits with shovels that will try to beat you to death. Okay, well, that one needs a warning. They say this speaking from experience. <laughs> With shovels, though? With shovels. What? They're fucking... These are the angels who bury the corpses? What are they doing up there? I don't know. These are the gardeners. <laughs> They're like, get out of my blueberry patch. Oh, my gosh. The final grid describes the final days of the Antichrist, and the outlook is grim. It's not good. Uh, D refers to it as a wicked and evil table. <laughs> But the grids from the Libra Loga are nothing 
without the 48 angelic calls that accompany them, which are meant to unlock the power alongside Dee's, like, angelic furniture, you know, his table. (laughs) These calls begin with the second grid of the book because the first table is said to be for the Christ God, okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be you. Could be me. Could be us. Okay. So what are they? Well, call 19 through 48 are basically identical, (laughs) except for like a few proper nouns and names of specific tables like changing. Um, And then some are like super short, only like 30 words. And then some are as long as 130 words. I wasn't going to buy any books because we were going to record this today. Yeah. Um, So all the stuff I had to find was like kind of scouring the internet. But I'll just like give you uh, just a little bit of the first call to give you a sense of the energy that we're working with. Oh, yeah. Give me a taste. I reign over you, saith the God of justice, in power exalted above the ferments of wrath, in whose hands the sun is a sword and the moon as a throw thrusting fire. Row thrusting fire. I know, weren't that alliteration? That's a little sexy. Alicia asked, how are these boys, one, they have wives, and two, they're living, they continue to live? How is this possible? So all of this is going on. 40 days of scrying, 40 days of resting, starving, purification, where's the treasure? At this time, John D. and Edward Kelly and their wives are traveling around continental Europe trying to find some kind of wealthy patron to fund their research. (laughs) (laughs) And they do this for half a decade. Okay, so they must have someone at some point giving them a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they're like, they're serving tricks. Like They have benefactors, yeah. They, like, handing out little pamphlets outside the comedy club. Come to my show. Come to my show. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to Prague. They go to Poland. They go to the Czech Republic. And no matter where they go, everyone is suspicious of these men for two reasons, besides being crazy angel people. One, these boys are English. Nobody likes the English, yeah. which, like, fair. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And that a lot of this smells an awful lot like witchcraft, which, again, thousands of people are going to burn at the stake this year. For the crime of witchcraft. How are they getting away with it? Just because they're saying angels? I think because of math. Ugh. Math. The ultimate witchcraft. And in the fall of September 1587, the angels start to change their tune. It's a pivot that you wouldn't necessarily expect from the Abrahamic god of do not covet thy neighbor's wife. And this is what the angel Uriel wants, which is for Kelly to fuck Dee's wife. Hmm, the angel Uriel wants it. And so Kelly, I mean, Uriel, hounds D session to session to session, being like, yo, you gotta swap wives. It's time. He's just like, dude, your wife is so hot and you're obviously yeah. neglecting her. I can really satisfy a woman if you know what I mean, D. I mean, Kelly could. Kelly could do it. Not me. I'm an angel. Yeah. I don't have genitals. Oh, true. But I have daughters. It's weird. Yeah. And so I imagine, sadly, and with great reservation, Dee asks his wife to have sex with Kelly, and she complies. So that's a nice <laughs> imagining of that situation. This happens only once before John Dee severs his ties with Edward Kelly forever. Mm-hmm. And some speculate that this was Edward Kelly's like plan all along, because he was like traveling around, probably begging for food for half a decade. And I would say that, like, yeah, I would probably ditch the guy making me scry for 40 days and 40 nights. Like, we're in Noah's Ark. Dee and his wife would return to their home in London to find that it was vandalized. <gasps> and, like, that library that he had been working so hard on, everything was stolen. Wow. And to just top it off, about nine months later, John's wife, Jane, would give birth to a son who m- looked mysteriously like Edward Kelly. Yikes, bro. Dee would live on ugh, for 20 more horrible years, enduring humiliation, poverty, the death of his wife and his entire family to plague until his death in 1605. Wow. Kelly, however, would go on to hold the contentious position of state alchemist for the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolph II, who kept him imprisoned over and over again because he continued to fail to produce gold. And he died in incarceration 
1597, so just before, maybe 10 years before D. Damn. So they never finished it, right? They never, it was basically like they had this thing and like, you know, you're supposed to use this object to like spy on people Mm -hmm. and like gain like the knowledge of the universe, but there's no evidence that they ever did because they were still kind of like, I think the way that, um, that Dr. Sledge said it was um, they were literally building the boat while they were at sea. What do you think was like the angel Ariel? I'm still stuck, stuck on like the wife swap thing. And it wasn't even a wife swap. It was like, can I have your wife? Yeah. <laughs> there was Which, no like, swapping. I mean, maybe, maybe Kelly was like, and then you can fuck my wife too. But he, Dean never wanted to because he loved his wife. Do you think it was just a power move? I don't know. Do you think Kelly was like, we are so far in this that if I tell him the craziest thing, there's no way he'd believe it, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's like some cult shit. And then D's like, oh, yeah, the angel says you should fuck my wife. Uh, ooh, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, we got to give the angels what they want, mm-hmm. right? Like, there must be a reason. There must be some divine plan. Mm-hmm. And he, like, talks himself into it. And then Kelly gets to fuck his wife. And Kelly's like, I, I'm a <laughs> god. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to go to the Holy right? Roman Empire and trick them into giving me. Like, what a power yeah. trip. Yeah. This is insane. Okay, okay. Continue. Okay. We're almost through. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. I swear, baby witches. So Enochian as a language, right, this celestial language, is interesting because some researchers say it does have specific markers of being a native language, right? So uh, similar to, like, it talks about words that change based on, um, like, tense and time and who's doing what. So gohas is I say. Gohe is he says, Gohia is we say, Gohol is like the act of saying. Mm-hmm. But it does have a remarkable, like a remarkably similar organizational style to English, which irks a lot of people, especially after they find out that Kelly is a known con man, right? He's pilloried. He killed a guy. <laughs> he killed a guy and got away with it. And nobody talks about it. And we don't even know who the guy is at your bathroom. No. Just a blip in history. Exactly. And while there are like nouns and verbs, there aren't a lot of adjectives or adverbs in Enochian, which are kind of like the spice of any language. It's not like you see spot run. It's like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Can you imagine an entire language that's you see spot run? It's very straight and to the point. To be fair, I kind of like it. I like how direct it is. Mm-hmm. Get rid of those frilly words. I don't need adjectives or adverb. Spot runs. Spot runs. Chase spot. Go get spot. <laughs> The written language doesn't seem to make sense when you consider writing it out as a series of words. The letters don't naturally lead to the next letter. And some researchers have remarked that the characters are actually remarkably similar to medieval shorthand, Mm. which would maybe only throw you for a loop if you knew that Kelly was arrested and pilloried for fraud in his work as a notary during which he forged documents in shorthand. Boom. Mic drop. Galaxy brain. So, um, Oof. yeah, so that's Enochian magic. It, it's history. Like, there are so many contemporary writers, people that have tried to finish the boys' work, that, like, they have, like, these long, like, arduous ceremonial magic sessions, ritual magic sessions, that they feel like that they invoke spirits and entities and elementals and shit like that. But John D. And Edward Kelly never did. Just angels. That's so wild. And honestly, this was so much and we didn't even get into how it, the writings of the Order of the Golden Dawn. No, yeah, because it is absorbed by like Aleister Crowley and all of those boys. Yeah, this is like a jumping off point for modern witchcraft Mm -hmm. and our beloved modern crazies. Yes, yeah. Our, our goofy, our goofy goobers. Dude, can you imagine what it would be like to be like the wives? Like outside of this whole wife swap situation, 
them just being like, what are you doing at work? And like, why can't I afford to buy bread? Yeah, yeah. And they have kids. Yeah. So like, are the kids there? Like, I know that Edward Kelly, like, falls in love with a woman who is either divorced or her husband's dead and she already has a child and he raises the child as his own, which is like kind of like this like sort of benevolent thing. But then you're like dragging this kid around around the Czech Republic. Yeah, but kids were seen as property back then and for a long time. So they probably didn't even care. Mm -hmm. So are you going to commune with angels now after all this research? I don't know. I'm afraid of getting swapped. I'm afraid of them coming with shovels. And how am I supposed to know which table is the correct table? I know. I know. It it is also like you can have this knowledge, but you cannot speak it or else like unknowable, uncertain things may happen. And there was something Mm -hmm. about like reading all this stuff where it has like not a lot of this is translated or it's like partially translated that like I was like, oh, my gosh, should I say this right now? (laughs) If I said this, what would happen? Your whole house rumbles. Ooh, it'd be spooky. I know. And also, I can understand us talking about math to an extent. Tables, figures, a physical table. Mm-hmm. Gen- <laughs> genuinely fucking drink every time. Like, re-listen to this episode and just drink every time you hear the word table. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Half the time, like, whenever, like, the research was saying, and then, like, and then this table, and then this table. I was imagining like physical tables, but then it's like, no, it's like as if you're doing your periodic table of fucking mm-hmm. chemistry and shit. And I was like, I don't know what everything is wrong. And then also there's a staff. There's like a magical wand at one point that we didn't even get to. There's like, it is interesting because like if they had kept going, they had started to create kind of like this um, Ordo Templi Orientis like garb there's jewelry they talk about the ring of solomon like there's all of this like adornment that they start to get into and then it's just over i mean that's part of it you gotta look the part right yeah i'm sure there was a turn and they were like we gotta look like we're math wizards what does a math wizard look like alicia uh pointy hat beard they got the beard clearly why sunken dead eyes (laughs) sunken uh just like hollow, gaunt, stomach, yeah. chest, concave. <laughs> Probably dirt under the fingernails. It's just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. That's wild. And just that these angels, if this were true, these angels are just enabling them the entire time. <laughs> I know. At no point are they like, you can. There are no boundaries with the angels. You can have a some borscht if you want you can have a sandwich they're like treasure you really want to like hear about hidden treasure like i don't really want to talk about okay okay but you're like really nagging me so i guess i'll just tell you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what this is crazy it's the best dude this was one hell of an episode Uh, i'm glad we did it it was like such a i like fully halfway through i was like I'm stupid. I cannot believe I made us do this. <laughs> this fucking idiot. Why did I ever think I could do this stupid Sudoku religion? Well, at least it's the beginning of season six, so we have the stamina to do it this time. Yeah, yeah. We'll start doing unicorns at the end. But from here on out, we're not doing anything hard. No, yeah. I'm taking it easy. I was like, I was like, can we go back? Can we go back to doing gnomes? Like gnomes yeah. was great. Was the best. And there was a lot of research for gnomes. I mean, but it's okay. I, this was a great episode. Your research was so great. And of course, we would like to thank our collaborators on this. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Jordan, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for that music you hear in the intro and the outro each week. Thank you so much, Kevin. We love the do 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 and then I love the there's like oh, a like so good. Yeah. And then and then there's a secret part where it goes wicka wicka. That's just you. DJing. We'd also like to thank anyone who's left a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're getting podcasts. Subscribe to our channels on Spotify, 
uh, not Stitcher anymore because they went out of business. Rest in peace. But yeah, wherever you're getting podcasts, head over, give us five stars. Please write something. Alicia and I don't advertise anywhere. So everything is delivered through word of mouth. It costs nothing to you, but it means everything to us. And if you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And if you want to find Tara, where should I go? Oh, you should go to Instagram and search her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Because that face is lovely, baby. And the podcast is on Instagram at which yes, share an episode in your stories, tag us and we'll feature you on our stories. Dude, I've been so into sharing videos on Instagram really recently. Yeah, Not yeah, my personal really. videos, other videos, but especially with that whole Pluto transit, damn. And if you want to be connected to other fellow baby witches like yourself, you should head to our show notes and that has a link to our Discord server. Great place for you to ask questions about the craft, get to know some other baby witches. And, you know, the best part about it is it's free 99. And if you hate the socials, you can always email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. I'd also once more love to thank our latest Patreon members, Luna Fay and Megan Brink. Um, if you want to become a Patreon witch, head over to our show notes, $5 Patreon, which is an above, get two extra episodes a month, $10 and above, get access to our close friends list and more. Uh, plus they uh, know what the episodes are about. So they get to ask questions like Eli did today. So look out for all kinds of goodies coming up in the future. And also we forgot to mention today, did we say, we have like, you can't even listen to all of our episodes like all together because there's so many. Like ha, you could ha, not ha. possibly fill an entire week because there's so many. I love that. If you're having that month where you're like, I want to get into some witchy ass shit, head over to the Patreon and just dive right the fuck in. And I guess Alicia and I should dive back in to our lives, to our fucking lives. I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta go grocery shopping, um, which means that this has been Witch, Witch yes. yes. Bye, guys. See you next and time. Thank you.